Welcome to Tuttle Talk, a part of the Real Estate Radio Network, hosted by local real estate and financial expert Andy Tuttle. Andy will teach you what the rich and the banks do, not what they tell you to do. Now, live in the studio, your host, Andy Tuttle. Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuttle Group Radio Hour here on 660 AM, The Answer, where we teach you what the rich and the banks do, not what they tell you to do, and where we dispel the misconceptions of financial wellness and the local real estate market. And we teach you from my successes and my failures, there's plenty of those, and the successes and failures of my guests, the show partners, and my network that extends across the country. This is the best place to learn how to buy real estate, how to invest in it, how to sell it and leverage it for a prosperous tomorrow. Hope you listen today. We've got a lot to get to. I'm your host, Andy Tuttle, branch manager of the Tuttle Group at Fairway Mortgage, NMLS number 184325. Been doing this 15 years, seen a lot of ups and downs, seen a lot of different markets and different situations, and helped thousands of buyers buy homes and see the mistakes they made. And the hope is for the show that we let you kind of leverage that and learn from it and learn a few little tips along the way that maybe you didn't know, right? There's a lot of misinformation and disinformation out there. And so our hope is, and my hope is that I can bring you a nugget or two every single week that you can use in your life, right? And it creates watershed moments for you. So a watershed moment on the top of a mountain, there's little, it's like a, a, a couple of centimeters of ice melts and by the time it gets downstream it's a roaring river so that's the idea is that time is that river in this in our in this scenario and so hopefully these nuggets and if you put those in place today over the next several years and decades of your life they make an enormous difference in the uh, financial wellness you'll be able to see and the peace that you'll be able to have and the quality of life the stress the family environments that you walk in so that's our hope that's our goal today we've got a lot to get to if you have questions for me during or after the show or any of my guests you can reach out to me by text or just call 469-319-0660. You can text or call the same number, 469-319-0660. And we will either answer your question, get you connected with me, or get you connected to the professional that can help you, whether it's uh, buying a house, selling, refinancing, uh, looking to protect your assets, set up a will or trust, all kinds of things real estate and finance related. We want to be that resource for you. So thanks so much for tuning in. And if you've got questions still after that, you can go to the TuttleGroup.com and we'll, we got all kinds of videos and blogs and cool content there that you can sign up for and just continue to learn and educate. And then my hope is, of course, after all this value that we bring to you, hopefully you go, you know what? I can trust you for my mortgage. And that's how we uh, take care of you and you can take care of us and the team. So hopefully that's a good relationship for you. It would be a good one for us. Okay, we've got a lot to get to today. Today on the show, we're going to do our weekly market update. Do that every single week to tell you what's going on in the market and how that affects you when you're looking to buy or sell. There's a lot to talk about this week. There's the Trump effect, and there are major things that have happened because of the election and since the election that you need to know about right now. We will also get with uh, John Allen, a community insurance advisor, to talk about uh, the clue report. I don't know uh, if you know what that is, but I can give you a clue. But I won't. I'll wait for John to do that. We'll get with uh, Dan Hit of Hit Home Inspections about kind of the pros and cons of what to look for in inspection, what's uh, what's different about that inspection than other inspections during the process. And then we'll get uh, with our other partners and real estate experts on uh, other great tips that you can have that you can use to add into your quiver so that you can be out there and armed to make great decisions uh, with your finances. Okay, so first things first, let's get to the weekly market update. We do this every single week. And there is a lot to talk about. So if you remember the last several weeks, if you are on our blog, if you are on my, if you're working with us right now and you're a qualified buyer and you're, you're getting these every week anyway, but I have been talking about 
a couple of things. One, that uh, going into the election, we needed to be very cautious uh, for a couple of reasons. One was just that the market is going to see a lot of volatility no matter who gets elected. And two, we were technically coming up uh, uh, against the 200-day moving average. And uh, that is just a historic trend line on the charts that every time we cross it one way or the other, we see a big move. And we were testing that boundary for days on end going up to the election for a few weeks. And it was very scary. And we knew that we we started to get in what we call a locking bias, which means that, hey, as soon as you get a contract, we don't want to mess around. We want to lock. If you're thinking about refinance, let's lock. And we were right to do so. Uh, and because what happened in the election, if you'll remember this, uh, the night before, actually, stock futures were down 700. But the next day, it was up 200. And the bond market just got crushed. Yields rose on the 10-year T-note, and bond markets fell 50 to 100 basis points, which means interest rates rose an eighth to a quarter the very next day, and over the next week rose almost three-quarters of a percent. To give you some perspective on that, from the beginning of January to the middle of September, interest rates improved by a half a point. So 10 months, took 10 months time frame to just over time improve, improve slowly. And then within a week, we lost all those gains and then some. So that's very important to understand. And here's a couple of reasons why. Because you may be going, well, wait a second. I thought I didn't realize that this this was going to, why would this hurt rates? I thought this would improve interest rates. Well, you got to understand a few things about how the markets work. So one, what we think happens and what it looks like happened is the markets say, based on Trump and his administration and what they're deciding to do and what they plan to do, which is uh, relieve some of the regulation pressures that are happening on all sectors, including the mortgage sector, uh, that that, uh, with some of his other policies he wants to implement, could actually fuel the economy, could help the economy get some legs and relieve some restrictions so they can get some pace going, and that actually could help. And so when that happens, the stock markets rally, and that investment dollar that is going to either bonds or stocks goes to stocks, it pulls away from bonds. And so that puts pressure on the bond market. There's a couple of other things that happen too, and let me do my best to explain this. So there are auctions that happen every month, 10-year and 30-year auctions. So we sell our treasuries, right? And we domestic buyers buy them, and so do foreign investors. And so Donald Trump's been talking a lot about building infrastructure, and we sure do need it, right? And hospitals and airports and roads and things like that. But how do you raise capital for that kind of infrastructure as an administration, as a government? Well, you have to sell treasuries. Okay, so how do you incentivize people to buy treasuries? Well, you've got to make it profitable for them, right? So how do you do that? You have to increase the yield and lower the price. And so here's how that works in our society and in the way the bond markets work. If I'm an investor, and if you're an investor, think about this for you. If you want to invest in something and you can get a certain yield on it today, right? You can get a return of 2%. But you know, if you wait six months, that there's going to be a lot more treasuries on the market. And to incentivize me, that yield may be 2.5, 2.75. Well, aren't you going to wait? You may wait a few months if you think you can get a much better return over time. That's what these investors are doing. So our auctions went horribly. Then nobody was buying because they're like, okay, well, let's wait on this promise of this infrastructure. And he's going to have to sell a lot of treasuries in six months to raise this money. So I'm going to wait as an investor because I'm going to buy that. And I'm going to hold on to that for 10 years. And an extra point of yield over 10 years is going to make me a lot of money. And that's what they did. And so... That also hurt bonds, and we saw raised, uh, rates rise again. And then just this week, Janet Yellen really uh, confirmed that there will be a Fed funds rate hike in December, saying that, hey, look, she confirmed all of the speculation, what the markets were saying, that we think that 
the economy is improving. We think that inflation is going to be on the rise, and we got to get that in check now. Then the employment report, we had the lowest jobless claims number uh, since 1977 come out this week, and we had the best housing number of new home purchases in nine years. So there are a lot of signs pointing to an improving economy, an improving housing market, and that points always to higher interest rates. That's the bad news. The good news is, guys, that this is actually the silver lining on this is you got to remember in your mutual funds and your 401ks that you have set up, a lot of the money that you make in those are tied to REITs, real estate investment trusts. So although the mortgage interest rate is going to be rising on your house, okay, it's also going to be rising in the investments that you have. So you're going to see better yields on that and make more money, although you're going to be spending a little bit more for your house. And understand this, even though you're not at three and a half anymore, rates are around 4% today, according to Daily Mortgage News. That's still very cheap money. You're still at historically low rates. Prices on homes are still great, and you're in a great spot to buy. So the last bit of advice on that would be, if you did get a pre-approval, and it was any time before November 8th, any time before November 8th, any time from September to November, you need to go back to your lender if it's not us and say, hey, I need a updated rates because that payment could be 50 to $150 higher depending on your loan amount. And that may make a difference for you if you're trying to get aggressive on a home purchase. So that's what you need to understand. Understand that we're in a volatile space right now through the end of the year. We may get a small rally, but you need to know that your the rates are, it's going to be hard for them to improve a half a point before the end of the year. That's probably not going to happen. So we're in a new trading range now. Deal with it. You'll be fine. Rates are still low. You're in great shape. And if you've got questions, give us a call. And if you want that lender to help you really walk you through that pre-approval and show you ways to still afford that home, call us 469-319-0660 or text 469-319-0660. Coming up, let's get with our home inspector and our good friend John Allen, a community insurance advisors, and show you what you need to be looking out for when you're buying that home on an inspection that you may not know about. Stick around. Welcome back. You're listening to the Tuttle Group Radio Hour here on 660 AM, The Answer. I am your host, Andy Tuttle. Here with me in studio, we've got our good friend and show partner, Mr. John Allen, owner of Community Insurance Advisors. John, welcome back to the show. Hello, Mr. Tuttle. It's been too long. It has been. I have some good things to catch up with you about today. My roof claim. I think you've had a roof claim. We're going to talk about that. I'm so excited. But first, we have a Dan Hit with Hit home inspections here. We're going to talk about what you need to be looking out for home inspections. What are some tips and tricks? What are some of the frustrations? And really, what is a home inspector? And do they really help you? So Dan, (laughs) welcome to the firing line here today. Glad to have you on the show. Well, thanks for having me. You bet. So I have a lot of hardball questions I'm going to be asking Dan. So you're going to be, John, you're going to be so happy that you brought him in. (laughs) Do I need to keep score? (laughs) You need to keep score. You need to keep score. No, we'll go pretty easy on you. I'm in a good mood this week, so you're fine. Uh, So Dan, quickly, just uh, briefly... Let us know a little bit about your background and what brought you into uh, being a home inspector. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I've got a, a background in uh, the real estate market from a lot of different angles. Uh, nothing professionally. Uh, I worked for a, uh, in, in the corporate world for over 25 years for a company and always wanted to own, own my own company. I have rental property and I built houses before on the side. Got it. So kind of have a background and, and a, a good friend of mine is, has been a home inspector for almost 20 years and I off and on talk to him about you know, this opportunity and put everything together and it, a couple of years ago and it just makes sense. Well, you know, when you look at having context as an investor and knowing what to look for and what you care about uh, when you're evaluating a home and doing due diligence and also as a 
builder, if you've built some homes, you kind of know what to look for from the ground up. So you've got some good context there to really be able to evaluate what issues are really critical and non-critical to the home buyer. I would imagine. Uh, that's the idea. I mean, <laughs> I think uh, in practice it works that way. That's right. Uh, but there's a lot of great inspectors that uh, weren't home builders, that weren't contractors. So uh, the, we, we get a lot of training. Uh, there's uh, a great group of local inspectors, uh, you know, like my good buddy Jeff that does mentorship, and, and they do a really good job uh, training up the, the newer inspectors. Good. Well, that's good to hear. You know, I a lot of people come to me and they're like, okay, I, I talked to them about getting their appraisal done, appraisal inspection done, like, oh, no, the inspection's already been done. And they get so confused because there are two types of inspections that happen when you get a home, two main types. You can also get foundation inspections and roof inspections and pool inspections, et cetera. But the two main ones that are always done are, one, a home inspection, and two, an appraisal inspection or appraisal evaluation. And that's where the, uh, the appraiser and the appraisal, that sets the value for your home. But the home inspection is something different, and it's typically done first. Uh, Dan, tell us what the home inspection is and what it's designed to do. Mm-hmm. Well, the home inspection is a visual inspection. Uh, it's a, uh, it, you know, what I do is I evaluate all the conditions of the home. Uh, a lot of what we do is the sa- safety things. And not only am I looking for repairs that need to be made, um, we're inspecting the home foundation, the roof inside and out. That's a very lengthy, thorough process. Uh, usually takes between two and a half to three and a half hours, depending on the size of the home. Some homes bigger. A pool will take another hour or so additional uh, if there's any specialized equipment that needs to be inspected that's beyond the norm. Uh, so it's a very lengthy, thorough process. Uh, and like I said, it's more visual inspection than anything else. We do test equipment. We run appliances. Uh, we test to measure the AC. Uh, anything that's installed originally with the home is what we're inspecting, and uh, we take all of our information and provide a report for the homeowner. What we're really doing, or the buyer, not the homeowner necessarily, uh, What we're the idea is to provide the uh, buyer or the homeowner, if it's a newer home that they're wanting inspected, with just raw data. What we do is we collect data, uh, we put it in a package, a report-style package, and provide that uh, to the uh, client so that they can make an informed decision about the home. Yeah, it is more than just raw data, though, right? Because you do, there is like an opinion there. Is this acceptable? Is uh, it sure. right? Is it damaged? Sure. Or, I don't know. What are the three? There's like three boxes, I think, that are usually checked, right? <laughs> right. Well, uh, typically it's, uh, you know, the boxes can be confusing. Yeah, right. uh, I'm not a big fan of that uh, format, <laughs> but uh, we're regulated by the Texas Real Estate Commission, and they provide us the forms. And so right. this is the form we have. It's yeah. not always the best form to deliver the information, but sure. it's what we have. Uh, so uh, the boxes are, whether it's inspected or not inspected, whether the item's present or not present, that sort of thing. You're listening to the Tuttle Group Radio Hour. We're talking with Dan Hitt of Hit Home Inspections about what to look out for in your home. What are some of the, uh, what is a home inspection and kind of some of the do's and don'ts, uh, what to uh, review when you are looking at the home inspection. If you've got questions for Dan uh, during this segment, you can call me on my off-air hotline, 469-319-0660, and we'll get those questions answered for you, 469 469- Three one nine zero six sixty. You can also text that number. Dan, what are some of the biggest components, or maybe most important, most important parts of the inspection that you're mm-hmm. looking for, and that a home buyer should be looking for? Uh, most of my clients want to go right to the big things, right? They say, okay, what did you find? They want to know the big things right away: the foundation, the roof, mm-hmm. the appliances the air conditioning, HVAC, plumbing, electrical. 
So we're looking at all those things as from a seller standpoint or a homeowner, if you're going to list your home, uh, take a look around the, uh, if it's a brick home, most of them are here in North Texas, take a, a close look around the outside, look for cracks in the brick, cracks in the mortar, uh, look for any ceiling cracks or wall cracks inside, uh, doors that might stick, windows that might stick. That indicates foundation issues. That's what an inspector is looking for. Uh, roof, very difficult unless you can climb up on your roof, which is typically dangerous around here. Most of our roofs are, are pretty steep. Um, I do climb roofs, and most inspectors do, so we have specialized equipment, uh, shoes that are, that stick to the roof, so, so we're used to doing that. Uh, but what you're looking for on the roof, maybe from the ground, is uh, dark spots, indications of hail damage, something of that nature. So on the, so I tell you that those inspection reports are so big and I, everything seems for most buyers like bad, you know, it's like, ah, this is not, you see pictures and there's usually some, maybe there's a little bit of, of rot or maybe there's a little bit of, typically you're trying to take pictures of things that aren't right. You know what I mean? You're typically, it seems mm -hmm. to me, especially in a lot of older homes, what there are a lot of in, in Dallas and, and even in Collin County. So what, what alarms most buyers that maybe shouldn't? Oh, boy, that's a good question. Uh, one, one of the key things for me as an inspector is to try to put things in perspective. Uh, so there's big things and there's a lot of small things. Like you mentioned, almost every report I do, whether it's the house is 11 months old, which I do a lot of those newer homes. You should. E even Very a brand new home or an older home, I find things, okay? And we take pictures of things so we can explain it in pictures and not just words. Right. Uh, but, yeah, so it can be frustrating when there's long lists of things. But you know, most well, concerns the, buyers and they're like, oh my gosh. And then they want to make these ridiculous repair amendments to the seller. And the seller's like, like even on my house, I'm like, okay, it's a 1950s house. When I sold it, the tree is beautiful and big. Right. And the, uh, the inspection has to come back and say, well, to code currently, you know, it needs to be three feet from the house or something. And it's like, right. I'm not cutting back my tree three feet from the house. It's gorgeous. We're not doing that. But like some inspectors would say, and all of a sudden there's all these repair amendments. And you got to know as a buyer, some things that may not be up to code now that I think you have to say, that doesn't necessarily mean the seller has to fix that or should. So can you speak to that? Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, and I always tell my clients that, hey, this is information for you. You don't have to make any repairs. I'm not a code inspector, but a lot of our guidelines are based on codes. You don't need to repair anything. And I try to put it in perspective, whether it's an important safety issue or kind of a, a judgment call, whether, you know, a maintenance type thing. Right. Good. And as a consumer, I mean, one of the questions is, are the systems working? But secondly, what is that going to cost me as a consumer to fix it if I've got a problem, right? I want to know where the, where the dollar landmines are. Right? That's a good point. That's what you're looking for is the big things that make a difference in the deal. Right. Not the small $50, $100 repairs. Right. That's right. Yeah. So, like, talk about this, too. So, like, because sometimes I think... When should a when should because you're more like if we were looking at this you're like a family doctor right and you're looking at all kinds of things but sometimes whether you know if you look at the knee and you're like oh man or the ear nose and throat and you're like oh that's a little more detailed you got to refer mm -hmm. to a specialist when are the moments when you're going to recommend a specialist and when should a consumer look in and maybe go hey I need to maybe dig a little bit deeper here it's a good question you mentioned a 1950s home older homes or or the first thing I think of is electrical. Mm -hmm. uh, the panels, the wiring sometimes, if it was in the 60s and 70s, may have aluminum wiring. There are special cases of an older, that the technology is, wasn't there. So most of the time, an older house is not upgraded electrically. So we're looking for that. Uh, some of those upgrades, modern upgrades, you can make pretty inexpensively. Sometimes they're done, sometimes they're not. 
Uh, plumbing is similar. Uh, some of those older homes will have uh, cast iron drains, things like that, especially a pier and beam home. I, do, I crawl under a lot of houses. Actually, yep. I'm kind of weird. I like doing that. Most inspectors don't do that. But uh, um, I'm looking for cast iron drains on really old homes as an example. Yeah, it's good. Well, I'll tell you, too, and this is something I think it's important. I had a very, this was years ago, one of my houses, pier and beam, he was a very large man, and he could not fit in the crawl space, and we actually had a big leak in the back of the house and he couldn't see because he was frankly overweight and so we couldn't get it but he's only responsible for what he can see and it was there the entire time now luckily home warranty covered it but I would tell you this, if someone says, if if they can't get back in your house and it's a large man, I would tell you on a pier and beam, get someone that's in shape like Dan. <laughs> or a little guy like Dan. <laughs> I mean, a little guy like Dan. I mean, I'm serious. Because it's something that if you need him to see in your house, you need him to see everywhere and you don't want to have those kinds of things. Because isn't that right? You're only obligated and, and what's the what's the verbiage as far as what you're what you're held accountable to? Yeah. Only what you can see. There's always the, going to be some limitations. There's yeah. certainly limitations of accessibility, yeah. limitations, uh, limitations in uh, the equipment, the conditions. Right. Um, if it's, I don't know, snowing or raining outside, yeah. you know, what, whatever it may be. There's So we always state the limitations. And one of them is accessibility, especially under a house. I'm a really small guy. I can get almost everywhere that anybody else could, but I can't get everywhere. That's right. But he can get a lot more thorough than some of these other guys. So I'm telling you, that's a, that is an actual <laughs> benefit if you have a peer and beam home. So if you need a small guy crawling under your house, call me, 469-319-0660. Coming up, we're going to stay with Dan. I have a few more questions for you uh, from seller and buyers, making sure we drill home the point of what to look out for and maybe how sellers can prepare their home before the buyer comes and sees it so that they don't have these long lists of repair amendments. And then we're going to get to our personal story, John and I both, of our roof getting fixed. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Next. Welcome back. You are listening to the Tuttle Group Radio Hour here on 660 AM. The Answer. I'm your host, Andy Tuttle, branch manager of the Tuttle Group at Fairway Mortgage. If you have questions for me or any of my guests during or after the show, you can call my off-air hotline, 469-319-0660. We'll answer your questions or get you connected to the professional who can. You can call or text 469 469- 319-0660. We're staying with John Allen, owner of Community Insurance Advisors, and Dan Hit of Hit Home Inspections. Dan, the last segment we were kind of finishing up uh, about the issues that inspectors have in that some things, if they don't have accessibility to see them, they're not going to be able to inspect, right? And so that's kind of what can be seen. And I guess, John, this is really mm-hmm. kind of for you. There's certain things that can be seen, but then there's things that the inspector can't see. So what do you do then? You made the point about the guy that tried to get under your uh, pier and beam house and he yep. couldn't get there. So we run clue reports for all of our clients. Clue reports are insurance reports that show the loss history in a house, kind of like Carfax for a car, right? And we do the same thing for the house because what Dan can see, that's great. Sometimes he might be able to tell, tell that there's a repair been made, but sometimes he wouldn't even know. And the clue report isn't absolute, but it does tell you that if an insurance claim has been filed on that property, you'll know that. And you may not know that from the homeowner's disclosure, you may not know that from the home inspection. Yeah, because right. those seller's disclosures, though, they're pretty thorough. I've never, you know, they're always so accurate. <laughs> seller's disclosures. Yeah, I don't nobody, know why. nobody would ever forget any detail. <laughs> no one would ever, quote unquote, forget yeah. something that happened to their house. Yes, uh, many uh, seller's disclosures, spoiler alert, is not always going to be 100% accurate. So if you think if the inspector comes in and he can't see something and you're still not sure, that's a great. Now, John, do you automatically run clue reports for 
for we homeowners? Do. We do. We run them early on because we want to help people understand that process. And look, in this market, I mean, you're the expert on the market more so than I am in terms of buying and uh, buy and sell side, but there's, there's a very high demand relative to availability of houses. So in this market, what we see is people trying to buy maybe a house that's got more issues with it than they would have in a normal market, right? Yes. And because of that, people might say, well, okay, it's got a couple of things I need to repair, but I can handle that. And I think part of the point of this process is to identify what those repairs are so you can budget for what those repairs are. We talk incessantly on this program about having an old roof, what happens when it goes ACV, right? So right. let's say that he finds out that the roof's old, and you find out that it's not replacement value, it's it's ACV. Which is actual cash actual value. Actual cash value, you get 20 to $0.30 cents on the dollar. That's a ten dollars to $15,000 surprise. Yes. And that's just the roof. What if you have foundation issues? What if you have water leak issues? What if you have electrical problems in the house? Etc. These are things that a home inspector and home inspection process should be able to flush out for you. And on that note, I would like to just make this is a recommendation, and I highly urge you. A lot of you guys wait till the very end to get your home insurance secured. And I would say that this is yet another reason why, when we tell you to do that up front, and we're saying, "Hey, talk to John," which, which we talk most of you, we refer over to John. That's when we. That's one of the reasons we say that up front. Don't dilly-dally on that one, because if there is an issue, you want to know before your option period is up, before right. your financing contingency is up, you way too late in the deal, uh-oh, now your earnest money is at risk, and you may make some decisions that are out of desperation and not out of uh, not out of prudence. Some of those insurance claim reports are really important from another standpoint, too. I think I can see a lot of repairs a lot of times in houses, pretty easy to identify, but don't know if there was an insurance claim or not, and it may make a difference between a do-it-yourself repair and something that was done by a licensed contractor. Big issue. Mm-hmm. Big yeah. issue. We sure. see that roof claims sure. paid out. Was the roof really fixed? Sometimes. Sometimes not, right? It's a good point. Yeah. Your inspector will be able to flush that out for you. We've had those where the roof was needed to be replaced, and sure enough, six months ago, they had a claim on it, collected the money, and never repaired the roof. Right, and you're in the middle of that, and now you're going to buy it, and you don't, you're don't. you about to get a roof that totally isn't fixed. And it didn't say that on the disclosure, so... Right. Right? Guys, do your homework, mm-hmm. do your due mm-hmm. diligence, and pay attention to these kinds of things. So, Dan, last question for you here, and then I want to get into our, your experience. I'm very curious about your inside. You're, the, you're on the inside here, and you get your roof fixed. I want to see what you experienced. Uh, He's and looking at me when he says that. That's right. <laughs> so, so, Dan, for, for you, are there any frustrations uh, that you get from either realtors or homeowners that we can kind of lay out here today and maybe help some of the audience that may be going through it right now or about to go through this? Well, um, if from a, a real estate transaction, from a buyer-realtor standpoint, uh, that's typically my clients. I do a lot of 11-month warranty inspections for new homes. Uh, but if it's a real estate transaction, you know, tensions are high, right? There's a lot of uh, um, uh, just a lot of stress involved in buying a house. Uh, so the home inspection part's always stressful. So the from the buyer's standpoint, they're always just waiting to, you know, on pins and needles waiting to find out what I, I find, right? And so they have a tendency to um, kind of overblow any small thing. Right. So there's always going to be a pretty long list of items, most of them very small in the houses that I see. And so it's really important from the buyer's standpoint and the realtor, if they're at the inspection, is to try to put things in perspective, uh, relax, try to ask a lot of questions, clarify if this is a really important deal. Is this a deal breaker type repair or just a minor thing? Right. No, I think that's very good. I would say perspective is important. There may be a lot of little things, but again, just because it's not to code doesn't necessarily mean it's 
unsafe right now or it's you know it's really going to be an issue for you later on so you just have to look at those things and talk to your realtor talk to the inspector and again when in doubt whether especially if it's on foundation or roof just get a foundation inspection go get a roof inspection many of the foundation companies will do a free inspection for you that's yeah. right that's right and try to differentiate differentiate between the small inexpensive simple repairs and the right. more expensive things that are significant might make a difference in the deal. Yeah. And a lot of times you can either get those repaired by the seller or get a discount on your closing, get them to give you what's called a seller concession towards closing costs to help give you some more cash in hand so you can go fix that after you buy the house. Most of these things, as much as maybe this sounds scary, are fixable, but just go in there with the right lenses to see it and look at solving problems and not freaking out and saying, oh my God, I can't buy this house now because there's 20 things that may need to get fixed. Well, maybe. But maybe not. And so just look at those and be logical about it, and you'll think you'll be just fine. So sometimes, though, you do get into the home, and then the next day it hails because we're in Texas. (laughs) And then then now everything was good, but now you need to have a roof claim. And we've talked about this. We brought in adjusters on. We brought in – we brought Jeff Ferrendorf on, who actually did fix my roof. And, you know, there's a process that goes along with that. And so we've talked about that process before. But now John and I have both gone through that process. John, I'd like to hear from you. Talk to me about your experience. So I get to preach this all the time, right? So guess what? I get to file a roof claim. So we had a lot of damage from the March storm. I waited all summer, just filed it about three or four weeks ago. Took our own advice that we gave you on this show. that we gave me on this show. That we gave me, right. So so I did that. I called in the claim, let things settle down a little bit. Uh, And then, and so as I'm going through the process, I'm hearing myself talk to myself. So here's the process. Here's how it plays out, right? So um, we, uh, I called in the claim and I got, uh, I got assigned an adjuster who has a reputation to be somewhat strict and somewhat, um, you know, by the book, which is fine, uh, but maybe more challenging than some of the other adjusters by reputation, not in practice necessarily. Yeah. And I set it up with the roofer so the roofer would meet him at the house. I don't, I don't know what he's, I mean, he can tell me what he's going to do, but it doesn't mean anything to me, right? So roofer meets him at the house and the roofer got a copy of my initial estimate to make sure that the initial estimate that I got matched what they talked about when they were there. So it's really just talking about a system of checks and balances. I got the check right away, the first check. You know, there's two checks in the process. The first check is for... Um, I should remember what this is called, but it's the first check is for everything except for recoverable depreciation. And then the second check is once you've had the, the repairs done, they send you a check, a second check to make sure that you actually did the repairs. And that's what makes up the difference. Um, a lot of people don't know that. So right. in my case, I think it was $14,000 maybe I was going to get, and I got $8,000 with the first check and I'll get another six when it's fixed. So I didn't get shorted by 6,000 bucks. It's just a two-step process. Well, that's good to know, by the way. And we yes. actually, I think, ended up getting... Three checks because we also had one for personal. You might have. There was because sometimes we had like some lights and solar lights and stuff that were broken. It was personal property check, and that was a small check. So sometimes I think you may also get a small check. We got a big check actually for like sixteen thousand for the first check, and then we had a small personal check for some personal items that were broken that didn't fit into the structure damage. Yeah. So sometimes that may happen too. And it could be too that let's say your original estimate comes in at X and then you actually have the work done and you can completely justify that you went over whatever X was. Right. And then you can get a supplemental check for that too. It's like an expense account. You turn in your expenses, you justify the expense and most often the insurance company will pay it. 
Yeah, I like that. So why would you uh, say the overall process was after going through it? Any insight into what you always preach after going through it? No, but you know how it is in life when you stand up on a public stage and you say a bunch of things, you hope they're all true. <laughs> Fortunately, that's the way it played out for us. Yes. Um, so, you know, no, it's, it can be a little stressful, especially if you don't do this for a living. I can see where people would get freaked out by it. But you know what? You have questions, call us. We'll walk you through it. We tee you up with people that are good, responsible, um, good at what they do. Yeah. And, you know, you can, they'll, they'll handhold you through the process. On, on that note, I would like to give a, a final plug here for Jeff Ferendorf because, of course, he was on the show. You had to come on the show. I trust you. So, I, you know, I practice what I preach, too. And I said, all right, I'll use Jeff. We're referring him out there. And it's not like often you can refer and say, I use Jeff because you don't have a roof claim. Well, so I can say I use Jeff. And I did take our advice. We, same March storms, we waited. We filed, I actually filed the claim in May and had all that done, but I wasn't going to get the work done in the summer. It was too hot. Right. And as Dan, you can attest being a roof inspector as well, the crews, it was a madhouse. Right. There was no way. And what happens, guys, just so you know, with these construction guys, they'll be working on a roof and the, the storm chasers will come in town and they'll go steal some of those crews from these other longstanding and local materials and materials. <laughs> oh, yes. So I don't want to be a part of that. And no. I will tell you, during the summer, we had some of the roofs in our neighborhood. They were taking three and four days to get done. So, Jeff, we waited till actually like two weeks ago. And, uh, and he came out there with his crews. He had two crews on. It, it was done in a day. It was done. Everything was cleaned up and beautiful. It was all done in a day. There were no problems. It was absolutely a, a it was a e really easy process. And so I would like to thank Jeff. And if you would like a referral to a good roofer to actually do that, he can help you. And Dan can help you with the home inspections. But also, you climb up on roofs and you'll take care of that too and let them know if they need something fixed, right? Yeah, absolutely. I've done a ton of roof inspections this year because there have been so many roof replacements. And the one, the bad ones that I see are. Um, what I call drifter roofing companies yep. that aren't local. So so selecting the right roofer is very important. It's like the local, local guy. That's yep. the way to do it, guys. If you want those, if you need right. a connection to someone like that, a true professional that's here local and here to stay, call me or text 469-319-0660, 469-319-0660. We'll get you connected with someone that can really give an honest evaluation about your home inspection in general, about maybe a, a build warranty that you need if you're going to buy a new house, or if you need something like a roof and it's a serious so take a look at that. We love taking care of you. We appreciate that. And Dan, John, thanks for being here today. Thanks so much. Great to be here. We love that stuff. We appreciate you guys.